Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for joining us as we go in through the study on the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. As it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I guess such things there is no law. And as if you've been following us, we have started on self-control with self-control and been moving backwards. Today we're talking about peace. And uh, I, I really... We should just mention for a moment... we. Our puppy likes to make an announcement when she's chewing her food. So if you hear crunching in the background, we apologize for the distraction. Yeah, before we had, we had the fire crackling today, we have the puppy crackling there's food. Uh, but, but going back, back to the peace and everything else, we have to start off with what this peace means. The words in Hebrew of shalom or in Greek, uh, irene, it's, Irene, yeah. it's all means wholeness, completeness, being tied all together. And it's not wholeness of like living my best life kind of thing, being the best that I could be and all that stuff. It's being tied to God through, through Jesus Christ. That's where that shalom, that's where uh, Irene come, comes in, into play. It's that connection for us with God. And again, just like I've been, we've been saying through this, all these fruit of the spirits is that um, this is not a, a world thing. This is a God thing. The only reason we have this kind of peace, it's only because of the Holy Spirit lives in us. And those who don't have the Holy Spirit will never experience this peace that we're going to be discussing today and studying. Absolutely. And as you said, it's, Peace in the sense of restoration and the way that God wants things to be, the way that God willed and intended for everything to be, uh, even even better than it was in creation, that he will restore all things into the wholeness and goodness. He'll make all things new. Uh, we, we don't want to think of peace in the sense of just not war, right? Uh, peace is so much more than not having war. Uh, although there's many places right now that we can think of that we know that war is uh, happening right outside their door and there are people who are fleeing and refugees. Uh, the the reality of war in this world is very real and that will continue until Christ returns. So we're, we know that peace is something beyond just the absence of war. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it, it is also more than just this... Uh, where you meditate and say om and you have this sense of a higher being and uh, we we know that when we talk about the fruit of the spirit of peace there's something more profound that god has painted a picture of throughout his scripture and for his will for us yeah the just to start us off uh john fourteen twenty seven, peace i leave with you my peace i give you this is christ speaking i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And this is connected with this whole, not the world gives. It's in 1633, John 633, Jesus keeps talking. He says, I have told you these things so that in, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is the peace that we hold on to. 
not what Trish has been saying about all the things that we're trying to find in, inside of us, but it's the peace that we find inside of God through Christ. That, that's something that we look forward to. Not the way the world would have us seek yeah. peace, but the way that we can get peace only through Christ. And so breaking this down, there's three primary things that we wanted to explore today in terms of God's plan for us with the fruit of the spirit of peace. And if we go turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, starting in verse 17 and going through verse 20, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I would say starting from there, as ministers, our message today is is just that. We implore you on Christ's behalf, if you're listening to this message, be reconciled to God. We, we make a call, we make a cry out that above anything else in your life that you think you need, you don't need that job, you don't need that car, you don't need that spouse, you don't need anything else. God will provide for your every need. What you need is to be reconciled to God. We need mm-hmm. to find peace with God. So that's the first point is finding peace with God. And as we see from this text, there's peace with God. Then there's peace within ourselves as we are made into a new creation. And then ultimately there's the ministry of bringing reconciliation and peace, not in the world around us as social justice warriors. Although again, we should be a part of those good movements, but the God movement is reconciling others to God, to building up the church as the body of Christ in unity and in love with one another and with God. So those are the three things that we're going to look at today. The first one, of course, being, as I said, being reconciled to God through the work that Christ did on the cross. Yeah, and some of, some of us, again, we don't know where you at and uh, in your walk with God. And some of you might be just listening out of curiosity. Some of you guys are new believers. Some of you guys have been walking for a long time. But we need to remember um, it's that whole thing of you're with God or without or against God. That, that's the hard part. James chapter 4, verse 4, he, he really speaks on that very powerfully. He says, You're adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. If we don't have that reconciliation with God through His Son, Jesus Christ... We are enemies of God, and that is not where we want to be. And I think this is where, as the church, we, you know, I I have as my life verse, Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. And so there's this reality of balancing the truth of the message of Scripture and of the gospel with the message of love, that God is a God of love, that for God so loved the world he gave his son. But the reality of that picture, the honest piece of it, is that we are not all children of God. We become children of God when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we become Mm -hmm. like Christ, Mm -hmm. who was God's son, we become adopted as children. And we'll we'll get into that. There's there's verses that allude to that that hopefully we'll get into today. Where we stand apart from Christ is we stand 
under God's wrath. Mm -hmm. All of humanity is actually an enemy of God. We, we, by our nature, choose to go in rebellion against God. We choose the opposite of God's will for our lives. Even people who are good people, uh, who are nice and, and do good things in this world, they stand in their very nature opposed to God. And so if we look at Romans uh, chapter 5, it says this verse that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is Romans 5 verse 8. So God God still loves us, but the reality is we don't love God. Our nature yeah. is opposed to God. We are enemies of God. So we don't have unity with God, and we are on the highway to hell. Not that God wants to send us there, but because that's the path that our nature chooses. And it says that, but God so loved us that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies, um, he, he sent Christ with this message of reconciliation, that there's a way and there's only one way. And that's through accepting Christ as our Lord and following his example, living as he lived, accepting him as our savior and, and following that path to the father. Again, remembering that Christ, his, his life ministry message, his death, his resurrection, all of those things were to point us to the father, to God himself um, as our Abba Father, and for us to become his children. So still in Romans chapter 5, uh, I read verse 8, but verse 9, it says, Since we have been justified uh, by the blood of Christ, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to, to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved through his life? In other words, that we don't need to fear death because if we're in Christ, um, we also have the promise of resurrection. A lot of the reason why we rebel against God is because we don't like suffering. We don't like the evil that's in the world. We're afraid of death. And so we choose all these things to, you know, YOLO, live our best life now. Uh, and we don't choose the things that are eternal. And so we are meant, as in as here in verse 11, we rejoice in God through the Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. And this word reconciliation is just this pattern over and over and mm -hmm. over again in the New Testament because if we don't understand the importance of peace if we haven't if we don't understand that we've been at war with God. We don't understand the weight and the power of reconciliation if we think that we're already God's children and we're already good with God. Then God seems like this abusive mean, mm -hmm. um, authoritative God who is out to punish us rather than realizing that it's us that are like these rebellious teenagers that shake our fists and are actually in rebellion against a very loving, uh, very merciful and compassionate God. Yeah. We, we need to understand this. That's, that's the, the want of God. That's his desires for us. And even you go back, let's go back all the way into the Old Testament at the beginning, the Ten Commandments. I am a jealous God. He And the thing is, He's jealous for you, and He wants you to put Him first. That's why it is very important. And this is another very powerful um, statement. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew that I, I, would, I kept on going back and forth because, you know, we were searching we were searching on the word of peace, right? So you look up, where does the Bible talk about peace? And, I, and I, as I was going from one, one thing to another, I found this verse and I was like, 
ooh, that's a different piece that, <laughs> that we want to talk about. But this is important, exactly what Trish was saying here. Um, Matthew 10, verse starting at 32. It says, Whoever acknowledged me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So this is a different piece that, <laughs> that we're talking about. But here's here's understanding what Trish was saying, that we're this world is the enemy of God. And he is here to take out, to bring his people to him, to, to show them that he's a jealous God and he wants to be the number one in their lives. It's uh, Verse 37 says, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's what he's talking about. This is where we find peace when we realize that he is the one and only in our lives. And I know this is hard to like, what do you mean? I'm not supposed to love my mother and father. We're not saying not to love your mother, father, or daughter, or sister, or brother, or anything. He's just saying don't love them more than you love God. Right. And side note, that doesn't mean that you love your church more than your family. We're saying we love God more than those. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We, we've we've stressed that in past teachings, but. It's, doesn't hurt to stress it again, especially, you know, there's something that God is working on in recovering from us as former ministry aholics and mm. uh, getting that line confused where you kind of lay your family and your own life on the altar of building the ministry of the church. And that's not that's not really God's design. He wants us to lay down our lives um, as a living sacrifice for him and for his will. Uh, but that's totally different than building up the name of a ministry. Um, it, we're meant to build up the kingdom of God. And mm -hmm. that looks very different. We're, that's outside of the teaching today. But we have talked about it before. You need to throw it in. You need to throw it in when, when and if we can. But I think it's, it's just really uh, timely because as we were sharing about this ministry of reconciliation that's in, uh, first, that, that's in uh, Corinthians. First Corinthians. Yes. Uh, I lost it. I lost it. It it talks about you know the we have this ministry of reconciliation and we have this peace, but then it lists all of the hardships that that Paul, that Paul has to go through in order to find the peace of God. And uh, I'm sorry, it's Second Corinthians. That's why I was in the wrong. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter five, and then you go into chapter six, and and it talks about how he was beaten, beaten, imprisoned, riots, hard work, sleepless nights. Uh, that he, you know, was stoned and left for dead. And he goes on and on with all these things. Mm -hmm. And we would love to, to especially during the season of Christmas, talk about, <laughs> you know, let's talk about the, the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of peace. But again, the kingdom of God is upside down. And so if we want peace with God, it actually means that we will find hardship in this world. Uh, if you read the serenity prayer, many people know um, the serenity prayer really well. We might read it before uh, we, we close out today. But there's a line that, that's in there that many people don't know. It says, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. And again, this is just a prayer that many people who have 
gone through some severe trauma have found comfort in, in the serenity prayer. It's not scripture, but it is based on the theological foundation uh, that is seen in scripture, which is that if we want peace, we have to accept the sufferings that come our way. We have to accept and pick up our cross daily and follow the Lord. And so it's, it's not that we're going to have our best life now or that we're going to have everything we want. It doesn't mean that we won't feel anxiety, which really gets into the next point of, of peace. The second thing, you know, after we have peace with God, the, the fruit of the spirit of peace is that God begins to transform us into a new creation. And this is, this is a little bit more lighthearted. This is a little bit more joyful um, because he takes all of our brokenness and he makes us into a new creation. It's a painful process. It does not mean that you will never feel anxiety. It does not mean that, that if you struggle with depression, that you don't have the Holy Spirit. It does mean that you may need to find some resources to support you through that process. Uh, but there is, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You are a human being. You will experience the full range of human emotion, excitement, disappointment, anxiety, worry, stress, grief. But the hope is that with the fruit of the Spirit, we won't experience it to the depth with the despair. Uh, it's not the end of where we lie, that emotions are just one component of of who we are and the hope that we have in Christ is that he's making us new and that these these feelings and these emotions are only temporary. They don't have to define us. They can just be a season of our life. They can be a moment and we can embrace them and let them wash over us in a wave. And then as scripture tells us to, to lift them up through prayer and petition and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Again, it doesn't mean it will protect us from any bad things happening. It doesn't mean that we will never feel a negative emotion, but it does mean that those emotions don't have the final word. Yeah, I think absolutely. We started off with a with a bang, I guess, but but the it's that the message of hope that is in Christ Jesus. It's that it's that shalom piece of holiness the completion in us the the when trish said that new creation our new creation is in christ jesus we are striving to be more like christ and as we strive more as we as we surrender more to the holy spirit as we use more of the fruit of the spirit that's where that peace is coming from we always need to remember that our salvation comes from grace and mercy. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, for it, is, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast. This is nothing that we're doing. All we're doing is surrendering to God, and He's given us this gift through His grace and through His mercy, uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ, to have that salvation, to have this reconciliation to God. So, yes, we acknowledge that we're enemies of God, but the peace comes from that it's through Christ. Jesus accepting him as, his Lord, as your Lord and Savior and, and fully committing your life to him. That's where that peace comes from. And I guess at the heart of our message today, we don't want to sound uh, just negative or... Uh, it's a hard, it's a hard message. It's a hard teaching, mm -hmm. but what we do, I guess the word that would, that I hear just kind of undergirding everything we say is that when it comes to the fruit of the spirit of peace, 
there's an urgency that's actually there. And I think when we hear peace and we think of, oh, it's Christmas time and, you know, Jesus, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, and it, it sounds so lovely and, and we picture the lights on the Christmas tree and opening presents and those things are wonderful and it's a beautiful, peaceful time of year. But if, again, if we don't understand our current state, our current state is that we are at war with God. Mm-hmm. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world. Mm-hmm. And we, we can't serve both. So that's the first point. The second point is our own state. We, we may want the peace of God, but we don't realize how broken we really are. Yeah. We want his wholeness. We want him to give us peace. We want, but what we want is we want him to put his stamp of approval on our plans. We want to do what we want to do and we want God to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not the peace of God. The peace of God is here in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. In other words, make you holy from the inside out. Turn you into the child of God that you were intended to be. Right? And it says, Make your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the reason why I like the way this verse is worded is we've taught on love the Lord your God with all your soul, um, mind, strength, and spirit. We and then love your neighbor as yourself. We, but the reality is, is we were not meant to be fragmented. The reason why we have to pull these things together and love the Lord with our whole mind, with our whole strength, with our whole spirit, with our whole soul, is because we're fragmented. We're not a whole person. We are being pulled in 50 directions. Yeah. Our minds are divided. Our hearts are shattered and broken. Mm. Our spirit is dead. Mm. And our soul is lost and wandering. And so this verse says, May the God of peace take your whole spirit, soul, and body and allow you to be kept blameless. So in other words, may God hold you together. May he put you together and heal you and transform you into the child of God that you were intended to be. We don't realize how much we need the peace of God because we don't realize how broken we truly are. And there's this this art form of kintsugi, which is mm-hmm. uh, an Asian art form. It's where uh, if a jar or a vase or a, a ceramic is broken, uh, they take it and they put it back together. Uh, and they may need to add pieces and whatnot in order for it to come together in a way that's, uh, that's whole. But they use gold to mark the linings. They don't try to hide or cover up or make it blend in to look like nothing ever happened. Mm, They actually utilize gold to highlight the parts that were broken because they believe that the brokenness is a part of the story. And it actually increases the value of the art piece. It increases the value of the ceramic as opposed to a ceramic that was just made and it's almost boring because it doesn't have those you know and then it's gold so the gold alone adds value and i believe that's what god does with us is he he makes us into something new and he puts us together and and he makes us pure as gold and we are more valuable than we ever were apart from him by far yeah that's good i just that is such such a good visual on what god does with our pain and our suffering he doesn't hide it yeah he puts us together and how many times you hear the testimonies of god's people and god is honored through those testimonies testimonies of of pain but healing testimonies of loss and hopelessness but finding it in christ Um, and it doesn't make those stories 
We don't want to glorify those stories. No. Suffering, grief, loss, you know, illness. These things are, are hard and they're tragic and they're painful. But Losing a child. You know, I mean, these are real tragedies. But when we allow God to use our survival stories and we allow him to heal us, those very stories can bring him glory and honor and can help us. I, I have found one of the best ways for me to heal through some of the things that I've gone through is when I share that t- those testimonies, when I share those struggles and those hardships with someone else who maybe needs the words of encouragement so that they know that they're not alone. Then my suffering and my pain was not for nothing. That, that, and I think that's what we always look for. And sometimes it's hard to find that, right? We always like, God, why, why is... Why did this happen? And you're looking, you're looking, and you don't know. The hard part is, is we don't know. It's not, and it's not about us to know, because there could be somebody who hears about it from a friend of a friend of a friend. Maybe listen to a podcast, or and that somebody's going to be changing. You'll never know about it, but God is going to get the glory. That's the 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 great thing about it. It's not be like, oh wow, you're so strong. It's not, oh wow, God is so good. And that's that's the the part uh, that we need to understand. And again, it's going back to to God and the the being complete in Him and being okay with just being His. Which this actually kind of trickles into our third point, yeah. which is that we we first have peace with God, and then we allow Him to bring peace within ourselves. Um, that brokenness that we have to to put us back together and to break us where we actually need to be broken. Um, in order to make things the way that they were intended to be, because mm-hmm. uh, our pride sometimes needs to be broken, and you know our our shame we need to be freed from. There's certain things that he needs to remove, right? And then it trickles down into the third point, which is that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling others in the same way that we have to God and to one another in the church and to unity in the body. But first and foremost, being reconciled to God. Yeah. So that third point is is that we have been, uh, we are Christ's ambassadors. Uh, I read this at the beginning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 19 and 20. It says, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not counting men's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's what the gospel is. It's a message of reconciliation. And I know that that word gets tricky because I totally wholeheartedly am in support of racial reconciliation and efforts towards dismantling systematic injustices and i i love that there is diversity in the body of christ and i believe that we should be a reflection of that multi-ethnic multicultural um, that's the picture that we get in heaven and we should actively work towards mm-hmm. uh, having unity with believers who don't look or act or talk the same way we do because that's the beauty and diversity but this message of reconciliation should not be confused with the message of social justice while that is important we're talking about that's a piece of the puzzle. The ministry of reconciliation is the ministry of the gospel that we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us to be reconciled to God. And so we implore you on Christ's behalf. And and the third part of this is be reconciled to God, allow him to bring you peace from the inside out. And then as we go through that process, we use that story, we use our journey to draw others into that same ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, I, uh, what you said, I think it's really important. And uh, 
I'll try to finish. I don't know if there's anything else, but what Trish was saying is that the story, you don't use the gospel to bring, make glory to the story that you're going through. You take the story that you're going through and you magnify the gospel. That's, that's the whole point. The point is for us to always give, bring glory to God. We should not use the gospel to get our agenda across. We take what's passionate to us, whatever the agenda that God put on your heart, and then bring, bring people to the gospel because the gospel is the only thing that's going to reconcile them to God and bring, will bring that peace that can... Go beyond understanding. Go, yeah, go beyond understanding. And like we said before, we just want to finish up with the serenity prayer. And I mean, serenity is, comes from the word peace. And it's used in so many ways in so many places um, that brings so much hope and peace to people. And we just want to finish our, our teaching with this. Uh, it goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he, Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, so that I might be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen and amen. Know you are loved and covered in prayer. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.